staring at code all day, and I wish I didn't want to do that. It can be maddening. It can be, yes. <laughs> and so um, I took the day off from work and went up there, and it, literally the audition was on Hollywood and Vine. You can't get any more Hollywood than that. And along the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I could see the Hollywood the sign when we grove up there. I'm like, no. Podunk towns all over the United States and everywhere. So it's so cool to see that. And so we went in, auditioned. He auditioned first and asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, I'll come in. And it was the director was Stephen Hopkins, who would later be uh, directed like Ghost in the Darkness and a bunch of pretty cool films. He's like, So, Michael, have you seen this Freddy Krueger movie? And I think, Yeah, you know, of course. And then uh, he says, So we need a big guy to make us laugh like Freddy Krueger. So I, I let out this big. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's he, good. I got and, chills. And then he went like, "That's fucking awesome. Yeah. You got yourself a job." I'm like, uh, well, I, "I work at Xerox." Yeah. Is that like, all it takes? Yeah. And so yeah, and then so he said, "He said, well, you take a few days off." And so I did. It lasted like two weeks. And I've said this when I won the Fuse Fangoria Chainsaw Awards for Bills of Eyes uh, during one of my interviews. There, I said, if it wasn't for Robert England and how gracious he was to me, I'd probably never become an actor because he was just so nice to me that it really made me want to become an actor because he was like, this is really cool. There's just cool, cool people like that. I want to be involved. And so, you know, that was cool. But um, a funny story about Nightmare on Elm Street, most people don't know, but I played two characters in that film. Do you have the other characters there? Would this be the opening credits? It was. You, you, you know. <laughs> um, we cheated. We were just watching. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that I was sitting there like on the last day or so, and the director and the, the cast director sitting there, and they're like, you know, I can hear the conversation. We need a guy that's a body double for the uh, for the lead, because uh, you know, and for the girl too. We need someone with a muscular, a muscular body, and whatever. And I'm standing there, and they kept looking at me, and I'm looking like part. What? Like, huh, Michael, um, would you mind doing a love scene for us? I'm like, uh, super buddy? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, no, you know, we want you to get naked with this girl. I'm like, and you're going to pay me for this? <laughs> so, so that's what happened. So that was kind of cool. So after I did super buddy, I rolled around and, you know, in a bed with about 50 people looking at me and now I want to see a super pretty love scene. I know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get it out of the brain now. But that's kind of how it started. Then from there, I said, you know, I'm thinking, that's just easy. You know, I just walked in. I got a couple lines. I got my SAG card, and I was scared shitless, but it was great. And yeah. people don't know that the the light bolt across the super pretty thing wasn't supposed to be there at the beginning. So they put squibs underneath there, and if, when they went off, it caught my shirt on fire. And so they had to put a lightning bolt across. They come up with that to hide the holes. It worked so well, though. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, so I said, oh, I could do this. So I moved up from San Diego and got a uh, crappy apartment at some weird dude's uh, place and slept on the floor and uh, slept in my car a few times, too. And then got to the apartment and slept on this floor and uh, started auditioning, and I was terrible. I sucked. Uh, but I decided I needed to really, if I wanted to do this, study my ass off. So I did scene study, improv, cold reading, audition technique, theater, everything you can think of. Every night I was studying. I even had my car stolen one night, come back from out of acting class and my car was stolen. I found it. I found the car. Wow. 
I, it, was a, it was a yellow eye rock, they're not hard to find, you know. And, sure. and so I had my, my uh, headshots in my back seat. So I went to the, it was in Hollywood, so I went to the Hollywood station and filed for a report. I said, dude, you're never gonna find your car. All right, went back to my apartment and then this, this guy calls the house. Hey dude, are you Michael Belly Smith? And I said, yeah, he goes, hey man, I got your headshots all over the parking lot 7-Eleven in Pasadena, man. Oh. And I'm like, okay, so I got my, my this creepy dude to give me the ride to Pasadena. And there were my headshots. I'm like, well, if my headshots are here, then my car's <laughs> gotta be here somewhere, right? And so we drove all up and down this path. And I didn't know Pasadena had like a really bad area, like sure. you know, serious gangbanger stuff. So driving along, we found my car. And it had the T-tops off and it had the tires off. And, and so, me and my this, this guy were sitting in the park a lot trying to figure out how to um you know get the car back whatever i'm like i think it's something all of a sudden out of nowhere police floodlights are in our eyes and what are you guys doing you guys almost you know what are you doing in the parking lot you know it's three o'clock in the morning no dude you know yeah. you know i just found my car you better get your car and get out of here so, <laughs> so i found a pair of pliers and uh we, that's how i started my car because they ripped out the ignition, you started yeah. the pair of pliers, and I drove. I drove that car for like probably two years because I was broke, you know, making my way and started my car. So when I, I've been married for twenty six years. So when I first started dating my my uh, going to be my wife, my my girlfriend, I go, hi, how are you doing? Just kind of nonchalantly start the car with a pair of pliers. It's like, where's your key? Oh, it's in there. You didn't turn the key. Uh, it, well, I, I, and she was a fraud investigator for Farmers Insurance, so she thought I'd report me. <laughs> I got my car back. So. But that's so that the whole thing of you know auditioning and do, you know I remember that first audition after Nightmare on Elm Street. I was uh, I was actually um, I read for this commercial, and the cast director goes, "Hey, so uh, did you got a J job?" And I said, yeah, I said, I work for this, uh, I said, I don't wait tables, I work for this test laboratory. I, I write code for um, test scripts for consumer products. She goes, God, you probably should keep that job. And I'm like, and, and I, it's literally what she said. And I walked outside going, oh, she, yeah, well, thank you. I'm like, wait a minute, she just freaking insulted me. Yeah. And that just pissed me off. And, I, and if you don't know who I, uh, the kind of person I am, if you tell me no, or I can't do something, I'm gonna figure out a way to, to win. I'm gonna figure out a way. So I was in football. I walked, you know, I walked on a Division One school, became, you know, preseason All American, all stuff. Then ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, just tell me no, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a way to win. And that's how it is with act, is acting as, as well. I mean, I started out, you know, I who am I? I mean, I, I remember giving speeches in class, scared shitless. Yes. Because I, I was afraid to get in front of people, and now look at I'm talking in front of you guys, and yeah. I'm having a great time, and just. The same thing as an actor. I wanted to be. I didn't want to be a celebrity. I don't. I just wanted to be an actor. And on my mirror in, in my bedroom in my crappy apartment in Hollywood, it said Michael Bailey Smith, Hollywood's new leading man. I know. And I had hair back. If you look at some pictures on the internet, when I had hair, I was kind of good looking. But um, and so that was my goal. But being six four, two hundred seventy five pounds, and you know, I'm not going to be. You know, there was only one Schwarzenegger back then, right? So I wasn't going to be that. So I kept landing these bad guy roles and I slicked my hair back and then that was like for the first 10 years and then the last you know last 16 or 17 years when I did Charmed uh that they asked me to shave my head and then from there it's like I went from cast directors going well you know you're kind of too nice looking to play a bad guy even though you, you could play it you know we're gonna you know and then when I shaved my head 
light flipped on for the bad guys, and then uh, you know I could I could not not get hired. I was hired for everything, so it was pretty cool. And speaking of you know bad guys, what does it kind of take to portray a good villain, a good bad guy? Yeah, so the secret is for me, it's always been to always. Uh, pretend or not pretend but to believe that what you're doing is the right thing yeah. is, is because if you try to play bad guys you're playing a character of it to really believe in what you're doing is the right thing that you have a mission and you have to complete this mission and if you look at any you know those bad dictators in history do you, they don't think of doing bad things they think they're doing the right thing for whatever mission like for their you know country or whatever it is right Pol Pot and those guys like that you know and uh, those guys were wiping millions of people away, but they thought they were doing the right thing, as sick as they were, so. Yeah, that's the best way to be a villain. <laughs> yeah, to, to believe that you're doing the right thing, and that's, and, it was always, and that's how I always, I always did it, you know. You're doing it for your cause. Agreed. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Agreed. I mean, also look at, look at all of our, our films, our Freddies. Um, the ones that, that speak at least, you know, our Wishmaster, they all have their own agenda, and they all believe in what they're doing. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Right. So I do a tremendous amount of writing now. So I've written a ton of screenplays. I just had one option, which is going to start in being it's going to be shot in Detroit next year. Very cool. It's very, very exciting. Cool. It's called My Good Boy. Uh, it's not a horror film, but okay. it could be. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's really cool. It's a it's a bit semi autobiographical. I changed a lot of it, um, and life is never as it is when you know on the movie screen. It's more exciting. So it's about a kid being picked on and beat up, and he uses sports to get his respect. Mm -hmm. And he takes that too far um, to where he becomes a leg breaker for a loan shark, and he tries to get out of it. And it's and so he does get out of it. And then later on, his kid is being picked on and beat up. And so how does he stop that cycle from continuing? So, so it's about. It's about and my mom used to always, you know, say to me, you know, she used to always comb out her. My hair with her fingers and saying my good boy all the time. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's so exciting. There. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. So you've had to fill some pretty big shoes. First is Super Freddy. I mean, Robert England's shoes can't get bigger than that, right? Good old RE. But also Michael Berryman playing yes. Pluto. How is that? And how did you make that character of Pluto like your own? Well, for that one, I did not watch the first one. I was told not to watch it by, uh, for Hills of Eyes, Alex Aja, he, mm -hmm. he said, uh, do not watch, if you watch it, I said no, she goes, don't, don't yeah. watch it. I want you to bring in your own stuff. Mm -hmm. You're one of the best bad guys in Hollywood, bring in your, your, your creativity. So I did, um, yeah, and it was fun. And then, then after I finished it, I did watch that. So it's a totally, it's just a different movie. It's some, you know, some things are the same, but it's still a different movie. It's more of an inspired by, which is great. Yeah, yeah agreed, agreed. And it's, Definitely, I think more. Holy crap! You know, <laughs> you know, that trailer scene. Oh I, yeah. yeah. That trailer scene is serious. And so, yeah. and I like what I liked about that character was, he was he, he. I think he's a victim of his own environment. I mean, if he would have been raised by a nice family, he might have been just a nice little, you know, nice little guy, a little creepy looking. But, but he was in a family of cannibals, so likes eating people. And, uh, so yeah. Um, it was fun to play a character who was like these huge fits of rage, but then just little innocent guy, which I like. I'm kind of like that, so. Yeah. so. <laughs>
And of all your all your movies you've been a part of or shows, you know, what were some of the most challenging scenes for you to do or challenging films or projects? Hmm. Well, I love, I've always liked physicality, uh, you know, being in the military, playing football, things like that. It's funny because a lot of people, like when I did Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I played a character named Toph, they hired a stunt guy for me for the fight scene. I'm like, dude, I, I do fight scenes, you know? And, and these people just didn't know. And I said, and I went to him, I said, listen, let me do, let me just show you in rehearsal. And if, I, if, I, if I'm terrible, then you can go ahead and do it. And I did one of her, and like, yeah, you can do it. So <laughs> I, I trained, you know, in martial arts and Muay Thai and, and, and you know, uh, ground fighting as well as, you know, um, kickboxing and a bunch of different things, Jeet Kune Do and stuff. So, but I was always, I was trained to make it look good, you know, it's always for yeah. movie fighting. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I, it was just naturally, I love doing those things. But hmm, the most challenging, I think, you know, when you're a big guy, you, they expect you to ride a motorcycle. So uh, I've had played two roles where I had to ride a motorcycle. One was uh, Nash Bridges. I had a recurring character on Nash Bridges where I played this motorcycle cop thing. A motorcycle cop named uh, Mike Willis from Traffic. That's who I am. <laughs> How are you doing? So and kind of like that character and uh, kind of over the top. And, uh, and then the other one was a movie I did with um, Emma Roberts when she was little called uh, Spy Mate. So you know the Airbud movies? Yeah. The same producers of that, but there's a spy who partners with chimpanzee, and then I'm the right-hand man to Richard Kind, uh, and uh, had a like white eye with a scar through it, that typical thing. And so, But I had to ride a motorcycle through uh, downtown uh, Tokyo, flying through the traffic, and a background person just happens to get lost and walks right in front of me. And I cranked, instead of doing the back brakes, I did the front brakes and whoosh, over the top. And going like pretty a good clip, and I hit hit my head on the pavement, bam, and it bounced up, and then um, and then uh, but I had a full leather, leather suit, and it didn't get hurt. It cracked the helmet, and but I was fine. That helmet did its job. It yeah. did. So thank God for helmets. Wear your helmet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So but I think motorcycles probably most challenging thing. But uh, character wise, I don't you know. I've always just sunk myself into every character I play, you know, TV shows to whatever. Um, yeah, I think the hardest thing is sometimes coming onto a sitcom. I've done tons of sitcoms, uh -huh. always playing the comic foil, you know, and then they, these people are established and you walk in <laughs> as a new guy. And you'll get some sitcoms where they're welcoming, they hug you, and, you know, because they believe that you can come make your, make your show better, and other ones almost feel threatened. You know, sure. a little bit, and they don't treat you very nicely. So sure. that's a lot of disappointing. Do you have a favorite sitcom that you have worked on? Family Matters. Yeah. I did that. I got to fight Urkel. So I, 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 like, and uh, you know, another one was Wings. I love Wings. So I did Wings, uh, and uh, I, I play a, a character named Jaffra. Uh, Jaffra. Jaffra. You know, I come in there, and I, I had the old accent with the goatee I had, and uh, they were really welcoming. That's and, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my first sitcom was uh, Mercury Brown. Mm -hmm. okay. I played, a, you know, they always had a, if you don't remember, if you're younger, you might not know, but she had a series of secretaries and I was secretary number 73. And that was my first time. I was, it was from a live audience. I was scared shitless, mm -hmm. but, but uh, they, one of the series writers got sick. So that because I, 
did a pretty good job. They added an extra scene for me, so it was really cool. Oh, they don't, they don't do it. Normally don't do that. That's really nice. Yeah. Good. Do you have a, a, a process that you typically do to prepare for roles? What do you what do you do when you get a role? Well, I have to tell you that on the audition side, mm -hmm. I prepare as well. I dress the part as much as I can. I did um. What's the uh, shoot? Uh, it's the, I think it's Showtime. Uh, Shameless. Shameless. Thank you. Thank you for that. Shameless. I, I, I was in an insane asylum. I wore a dress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess what I wore on the Warner Brothers lot? Black boots, and, a, and I took my wife's slip and wore it. Now, she's a lot smaller than me, but I wore that. A purple slip I wore on Warner Brothers. Talk about my bald head, the way I look, wearing black boots and a slip, going through security. I'm like, sure they've seen it all, though. I mean, yeah. 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 come on. So, you know where you're at, right? Yeah. So when I walk in, they put, you can read, but you already got the part. You have to freaking do that. But but I've seen other actors walk in just wearing no no matter what role the shorts and a tank top or shorts and a t-shirt. Dude, it calls for a black guy, you know, a bad guy in black, you know. And so you know, dress the part, right? And so this, when I prepare for characters, you know, um, wardrobe is always important for me. And then the way they handle themselves physically, that's always a part. And then from there, yeah, I get all that. And then I work on that character. Because to me, what I wear, the way he walks, kind of the way he talks, that all leads me into how I'm going to play my character. And that's what, like with Charmed, you know, I did uh, Belthazor, I did Janor first. So I did Janor first on Hollowell's Eve. Um, and then I did, I guess, a pretty good job. I said, hey, we want you to play this character named Belthazor. And that led me to play you know, Source and, and Chax. But each one, I, I first approached them in a way of the way they're gonna the walk, talk. Like with Shax, he's kind of the, the demon of wind and tornadoes. And so I made him like to be you know, moving like with Tai Chi, you know, really fluid. And the way he talks is like Jim Morrison, uh, the end, you know, like, <laughs> that kind of situation. So a lot of what the voice and things like that, so. And, you know, throughout your time in the industry and working, you know, what are some important things you've learned along the way? So at the beginning, everything was super personal. I mean, I, I wouldn't get part, I would be crying. My wife's going, you're like this big dude, why are you being a big baby? You know, but I learned that, um, that your, your job is, you know, getting through the first gate is the audition process and whatever, how many auditions you have to do to get it. But each time, knowing you're planting a seed, you know, and I and that's paid off. Uh, well, I did a pilot uh, in 2015. I did a pilot for Amazon called Cocked. It was two gun companies that were vying uh, against each other, and I they, and I got this role. It was a great role, recurring character. Uh, the series didn't get picked up, but a uh, bad guy. He's like a hitman. And I remember on the first day, I uh, I show up. It was downtown Los Angeles, and we were filming in this big high story uh, business building, which is like on the 50th floor, and the PA says, hey, uh, the director wants to talk to you. So I I went went to the 50th floor, and the director said, hey, Michael, come here for a minute. I said, hey. I said first of all, I, I appreciate you, you hiring me. I, you know, I'm blessed to be on the show. He goes, oh, no, you're great. Do you know why I hired you? I said, well, oh, because I did a good job in audition. He goes, well, yeah, that too, but you don't understand that five years ago, you read for me, read for me on a Burger King commercial. 
I wanted to hire you. The producers for, I mean, the, the product people at for Burger King didn't want you, but I told myself, I'm gonna find a role for this dude. Right. And here you are. So I said, wow, thanks. So it's planting seeds. Yeah. It's all about mm -hmm. planting seeds and setting a reputation. When I, I also am in sales now, and I head up all uh, sales worldwide for this uh, company called Lexi. And, uh, and it's all about planting seeds, the same thing. You know, it's all about, and people getting to, to know you, remember you. I, in sales, I use all, I don't use Michael Smith, I use Michael Bailey Smith. So it's become like a brand, right? So that helps me in the sales side. So that's, that's one of my important things, I think, in, uh, is to, once you're done with your audition, you walk away, let it go, it's out of your hands. You can't do anything else. You know, if you do, it's, then you become desperate. And just know that you planted a good seed and do the best job. And my key, a secret in there, is that a lot of people just like, when I started like in the, in the early 90s, there's all these big bodybuilder guys that started at the same time as me. They all went away within a few years because they didn't think they had to train or take it seriously. And so I would, I would study and my secret weapon was that I'd always find either an actress, I would never have a, I would never go see a guy, I would always see a girl because there was a competition and I or go to my acting coach and I would go see them before I'd go audition. So I'd work the scene, work the character, I'd come in hot and freaking nail it every time. Most people book like one out of 50 or one out of 100 auditions. Mine was like six out of 10. Wow. I was just booking all the time. I've done 60 films, 100 episodes of television, tons of commercials, video games, print work, voiceover. I made a good living out of it for you know, 26, 27 years, so a long time. And like, how do you find how do you find that kind of balance? You know, doing all those different things like work life balance. How do you do that? Uh, well, I have a tough time with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have a tough time with that. I've, I I become uh, obsessed with that. Like when I'm writing, I could lock myself in my my office and turn the lights off and stare and and my computer, my uh, my screen for I'll, I'll look up and. It's eight hours later, and I don't even know. I'm just so, you know, same thing. Uh, like when I first started, in, in 19, I, I basically had this an agent, and uh, and what I would do in the mornings, I would meet them at six o'clock in the morning, and they'd hand me a whole basket full of envelopes, and there's submissions, right? Back in the day, they, now it's all electronically done, but you have these middle envelopes that have all these photos of with resumes out of all these people for roles. I'd go around Hollywood dumping off these submissions to all these uh, casting offices every day. Did it five days a week, every day. That's what I did. I just hustled, hustled, hustled. I did everything possible. I did, I did plays, I did uh, everything. I did went to UCLA and USC and signed up for their, um, their uh, be an actor in their student films. I did all that stuff. I just hustled and that's people come up to me now and ask me, you know, how did you start a business? What do you think I should do and things like that. And I tell them, you just need to take whatever part you can get as long as it's not going to compromise your morals. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And study. Take it seriously. Study the craft. Agreed. Because studying you use as a network. I, uh, yeah. I've, I've helped like four or five people so far get into the business and are now working actors. So I've, I've, exactly. I've got them connected. And I said, the first thing you do when you get there is, first, if you want to be an actor in Hollywood, I mean film and television, you have to go to Los Angeles just to get going, right? You can go to Georgia, Atlanta, anywhere else later, but you need to get there. I said, first thing you need to get a job and, and, a, and a nice place to stay. A place to stay, that's gotta be nice enough to where it's safe, right? And where then, you'll survive. Yeah, so yes. you have to agree. And then from there, you gotta have yourself a car that works, mm -hmm. that's dependable. 
It could be the dinkiest little car as long as it starts every, you know, starts and gets going. Those are the things to do, and because you need to support yourself. And there was this uh, person that told me once that even though you might not be successful or you might not be rich or act like you are, don't spend like you are, but look like you are. Dress, dress nice, have a, a decent car, try to make your apartment as nice as possible. Because you know with that crappy audition, you come home, you want to come home to a crappy audition, I mean, a crappy apartment, a nice apartment, you know. Find yourself a cat or a dog as well, something, that, you know, whatever, you're by yourself. Uh, do those things, and that's what I did. Um, and I always made sure that I carried myself as being hugely successful. Because when you walk in, they, they uh, cast a director, producer, director, they want you, because you're coming in there, it's first treated like a job, it's professional. Some people will come in like thinking it's a joke or it's a game, I'm doing this part-time. No, freaking it's a serious business. There's millions of dollars you know, riding on this. So walk in like it's a job, professional, come in, say, you know, uh, nice meeting you, whatever, and then freaking kick the shit out of that audition. You wanna be so good, they go, holy crap, I like this guy. <laughs> I, I did an audition for this movie called Monster Man. It's a hard to find. I play a character named, can I say it better? Pumpkins. Yes. <laughs> great, great, great character. Find the film, it's great. Michael Davis is director. I walked in, I come up with a really cool walk, and it. I can smell you. Like, the, kind of like that kind of interesting uh, way he talks and stuff like that. I finished auditioning, he got up and he just hugged me. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I don't need to see anybody else. And that's what you want. I mean, yeah. You're not probably gonna get the hug, but you know, you want them to go walk on and go, holy shit. I read for, um, I was doing Undisputed with Bing Rains, Wesley Snipes in Vegas. And I had a couple days off, my manager called me, hey, they want you to read for Scorpion King. The, the you know, the whatever, the, uh, the rock, the first breakout rock. So, um, and so, so I hopped in the car, drove four hours from Vegas to Los Angeles, went to Universal. I read, and when I got done reading, uh, they said, don't go anywhere. So they brought The Rock in, and he, he was there with me, and they brought in some other producers. I read again, and they said, okay, thanks. And I got out, got in the car, I said, I think I did a good for a job. You know, I'm saying I'm pretty good, not knowing. I had to drive back to Vegas, so I get back on the 101, if you know anything about the 101, it's freaking crazy it packed, is. especially in the afternoon. And it's packed, I'm going like two miles an hour, and this guy get, come pulls up to next to me. He goes, hey, Romani Window. I said, hey, dude. He goes, he yells at me, he goes, hey, dude, I was in the audition after you, and they're freaking still talking about you. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I think that's good. So I didn't get, end up getting a role because what happened, from what I understand, because I went back, to, went back to the set on Undisputed, and... Uh, Makeup artist goes, hey, congratulations. I said, oh, what? She goes, I heard you're gonna be working on uh, Scorpion King. Cause that, a lot of those people were working on that show too. Okay. I'm like, oh, thanks. I said, wow, I called my manager, am I gonna get that thing? Yeah, they just called for your for your quote and whatever, your your dates, and I'm like, cool. And then it went away. And I he heard that the director is friends with Schwarzenegger and he called up Dolph Lundgren and said, hey, I want my boy Dolph Lundgren to be in this film. And he got the role instead. But hey, that's happened. So. Uh, yeah. You know what? It is what it is. But going to what you said about the audition and impressions and relationships and always putting your best foot forward, the Burger King commercial is the best example of that. Yes, ma'am. Right? Five years later, he's like, I'm going to get him. Still remember. Get him. I need him. I need this guy. Yeah, there's, there's a little film coming out called Miracle Desert. I sh just I, I shot this a couple years ago, um, I think a year, year and a half ago. Uh, I'm buried in the neck from the neck down. 
you can you can Google it. Look up Google Miracle Dead. You see the, the photo. Uh, it's coming out here shortly. It's a little. It's a film short, but it won a ton of awards. That I read for that guy like ten years ago, um, and he remembered me and he goes. He calls me. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not working anymore. I'm I'm a business guy now. Well, you'd be unbusiness yourself and get your ass out to freaking Mojave <laughs> Desert. The same thing happened with the, this movie that I just got optioned, right? Yeah. For uh, called My Good Boy. I did a film for him 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, whatever it was. They, uh, guy by the name David Jeffrey. If you look him up, he's um, a producer for Bones, uh, uh, Queen of the South, uh, Prison Break, tons and tons of films. I was doing a film for him over the summer uh, in, during hiatus, and we were talking. I played a character, um, it was called, the movie's called Girl Number Two, and I, I'm, I'm killing all the sorority chicks. It's awesome. The sledgehammer, which is very, very cool. Um, and, uh, and he goes, oh, so what do you like, you know, when you're, uh, when you're not acting? So I, 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 you know, write quite a bit. I love, I love writing and, you know, things like I've written a ton of screenplays. And he goes, oh, I pitched him a couple. I pitched him a couple. Then, like, just, like, last year he calls me and I'm, walk, right, I'm walking in to, to, you know, talk to a customer. He goes, hey, how you doing? I said, good. I'm kind of busy. Just, hold, <laughs> just a couple minutes. Uh, remember that one film you pitched me? I said, yeah, I want to do it. And I'm like, all right, you sure? Yeah, so send me the script. So that's kind of how it starts. Wow. You're planting seeds, right? Yeah. How are you doing? And building relationships. Yes, yeah, well, of course. Yes. Right, yeah. right. You go on and on, hopefully. Do we have any questions from anybody? Yes, sir. Uh, I was wondering, uh, for Charm, for Balthazar, was, whose decision was it to make him look like a roided out uh, Darth Maul? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, it just kind of came like that. It actually was. It was originally a stunt guy that was going to do that role, mm -hmm. and then they decided they needed an actor. And then they, when they saw me doing All Hollow, All, All Hollowell's Eve, and then saw me very stoic and very kind of Terminator esque, um, you know, they said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" I said, "Yeah." So that was cool. I mean, doing that show, I mean, working with the three gals, Alyssa Milano and Holly Marie Combs and Shannon Doherty, all of them great ladies. I know there's been some things said about her, Shannon Doherty, but she's actually. Well, that's blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Trust me, I was I was telling this on a podcast just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were on the we we're doing a, sh a scene, and she was in it, and, and we were in the shade and uh, underneath the video village area. And the PA comes up, oh Shannon, you just got some flowers. Someone just moved you some flowers. So I was like, big old you know long box of long roses. She opens up, and they're like dead roses. I'm like who, who would do that? Why would they do that? So um, I. You know, that's like that. But she works her butt off. I saw her like uh, um, while we were doing a scene. She was off working with stunt, uh, stunt guys on a martial arts scene. She was doing. She works her butt off, and you know, Alyssa, super nice. Um, she would always like when she would come on the set in the morning because me, it took me about three and a half hours or four hours to get me to look like Belthazor. And then when I did this, the the times when I was from the waist up, that's like a five hour to almost six hour scene. Wow. And she would come up and. And see me and kiss me on cheek. You're not scary, you know. Kiss me. I think she's kind of saying that to herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, but, is she doing better? Her health, health wise. Well, Shannon. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. She's still fighting it, but yeah, I agree. The one time uh, when I was doing it from the waist up, uh, that's because it took so long. We shot to like I don't know, almost midnight, and they wanted me back on the set like at six in the morning, and so to get me out of that would take probably two hours take it all off and she, they, they said hey 
would you mind going home with it on? <laughs> and I'm like, really? Because yeah, so it was like right around, it was, so we're, it was in Sherman Oaks, so it was right around, it was before Halloween. I'm in my car, and it's like it's about 11 o'clock at night, I'm going home, I pull up an intersection, and these, like, these dudes look at me going, hey, dude, that's some serious shit, man, it's not freaking Halloween yet, like, you know, I had this, you know, the ears and the piece, and I, I took the teeth out, of course, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, dude, no, it's cool, you know, whatever, I'm like, trying to like, and I get home, and my son's, like, my older son's at the time, uh, He's like four or five, you know, they're mama's boys then. And I was gone all the time. So now it's looking for me as a dad because you'd be, I would be traveling all over. One time I did, I did back to back to back. I was gone for six months straight. I went from Bangkok to, I was in Bulgaria and somewhere else. I came home, my kid didn't know who I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, this was terrible. And so uh, I remember um, when I came home with Belfazor, I like, I told my wife before I said, I'm coming home, she's going, Oh, Hollywood, gosh, you know, she's, she's not a Hollywood gal at all, so, um, and uh, I came home and she was giving him a bath, it was kind of late, but he, he had got something, I don't know, but uh, he pooped his pants or something, can't say that now, he's an army ranger, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, but uh, when he saw me, I became like the biggest toy for him, it was awesome, yeah. like, so we were like, you know, it was pretty cool, so, yeah, good stuff. Any other questions out there? Um, I noticed you uh, worked on Star Trek Voyager yes. as alien number one yes. uh, when they're all stranded on that uh, planet. So, yes. uh, what was uh, shooting that episode like? It was great. Uh, yeah, I played uh, the Neanderthals. Uh, so, as a part, uh, I played in the, the cliffhanger and then the, the next one for the next season. So, both of those. And uh, um, so the, the crew gets beamed down to the planet because they, uh, they got taken over by some other alien that their starship did. And so down there, they're waiting, you know, we're down there, of course, minding our business, and here comes these Starfleet people. And so, you know, we get in a bit of a fight and whatever. Uh, I get killed off that. I think I get stabbed in the chest or something like that. But it's a, uh, it was cool. It was great. And we shot it at Needles in California, like a really prehistoric looking area. The funny thing about, I have so many crazy stories. So the funny thing is, so, you know, they're really good at the makeup effects. They have a room like this with just chairs and chairs and chairs, and you have a whole Neanderthal people they have to build up, and besides the Star Trek, you know, cast. And they get that done. We, we shoved us all in this big van, and we're going, and they put us up at this, like, motel, like, off the middle of the boonies. Well, we, we drove by it, and one of the guys who was the stunt guy on it, he wasn't the actor, but he was the stunt guy, he goes, hey, I forgot something. Can I, let me go back, can we go to a hotel and, and grab this thing? He's dressed as that Neanderthal dude, right? <laughs> and uh, and so we stop, he gets out, runs in, and when he opens up his door, guess who's in there? Is the, the cleaning lady. <laughs> and they're, you know, a Mexican lady, right? And in Mexican folklore is a thing called chupacabras, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the goat sucker. Yeah, so she comes throwing chupacabras, <laughs> jumping out and running in, and you know, so you're all in the van laughing her asses off, so it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, you know, that's what happened like in, um, when I was doing Undisputed, I was Aryan Brotherhood gang leader, I had ABs, I had a swastika, I had SS's, and I was sleeved, everything. 
They put us up at Caesar's Palace. I'm there for two months. What am I? I can't walk around looking like that. I'd be in trouble. And so I had to wear a high collared shirt, and I wore a, like a beanie over my, you know, my head, and uh, did that. But in, but I had to. Of course, I'd always have to wear a tank top to show off my you know my physique, you know, because I'm the the bad guy. And uh, so uh, I would go to this. I walked about like a, a half an hour, 45 minutes to this gym and work out. And it was getting kind of hot. And uh, so we're in the middle of the workout. I took my beanie off. I'm like wiping my brow. I'm like, oh, uh -oh. shit, put it back on. <laughs> Didn't think about it. So then a little bit later, I walk outside, two Vegas PD car pull up, hook me up against the hood, handcuff me. And the dude's got a club, bam, jacking my kids. And he's going, what school do you go to? What gold school do you go to? I'm like, oh, Eastern Michigan? No, asshole. What prison? I didn't know. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so he, like, I told him, no, I'm like, this with my hand behind my back, going, no, officer, I'm doing a film with Bing Rames. What? No, yeah, bullshit. I, I am. And I goes, I played, you know, da 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 da. And he said, just scrape off one of the things you'll see. And he scraped off the, the A on one of my hands, right? And he let me go and got my face, a little short cop, got my face. And he goes, you know, co cover up your colors in Vegas, man. I'm, I, I, you know, I got you, man. I'm like, whatever. So <laughs> next day I get to the set, the makeup artist is going, what happened to your hand? Because normally you put these on, they last for like at least two, three weeks, oh, right? Yeah, sure. And this, you know, and it's not, you know, so she put it back on and I told her the story. So then later on, Walter Hill, Walter Hill is the director. He did like 48 hours and a bunch of films, really famous. Yeah. He walks up and he goes, hey, Michael, so, uh, uh, you getting into trouble? Yeah, he's, he's like, hey, so I hear you ran a little bit of trouble downtown. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I almost got arrested. He goes, you know what? That's good casting. <laughs> okay. That's what happened. Did they give you some sort of like ID cards? Like, no, they don't do that. No, really? no, I, no, uh, no. I, when I was doing Hills of, Hills of Eyes, we're in Morocco. Yeah. And, sure. and Morazazat, which is like the most southern part of Morocco you can get okay. next to the Sahara Desert. And it's where they filmed like Gladiator and all these other like kind of those kind of movies. And I'm in a, uh, we had to go at the opening scene of Hills of Eyes is where we're killing the, the, the two, uh, the two uh, what do you call it, the, the two miners, right? Mm -hmm. I'm killed, throwing them around with the ax or whatever. So that's a ways away from where we're doing the main shooting at. So they threw me in this car, like a little, uh, like a little Toyota truck. I'm in the front seat, this Moroccan driver's next to us and and then we're going, and and it's literally it's like if you opened up the Bible and, and uh, pictorial of the Bible, and you have these pictures of back. This is what it looks like. It's like mud huts, and it's you know sheep herds with the people with the cloaks and the staffs. It's like Moses, and it's freaking awesome. And so here comes a sheep herd, you know, a herd of sheep coming by, and there's the, the shepherds are coming by with their staffs, and we just stop, and we're like getting shrouded by surrounded by the sheep. Well, here comes this the the herder, the sheep herder. He's like, he look, he looks in there, sees me in the front seat. I'm dressed like freaking Pluto. <laughs> yeah. He throws his staff up, just freaking running in the hood, wood, woods. It was pretty. I'm in the woods, but the hills. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And, I, and I've been um, when I did undisputed or when I did uh, best of the best three. Um, I played a, I played a lot of Aaron like white supremacist dudes. Um, Good casting. I know. <laughs> right? But we shot that in Bedford, Indiana. Bedford, Indiana is where the Ku Klux Klan dragon supposedly was born and that a lot of that stuff started. And it's a lot of, that was the first time ever I've seen straight up hardcore, holy shit, 
racism. Yeah. I mean, just bad. Mm -hmm. Me and I befriended this one cat, uh, crew crew guy, a black guy. And we said, hey, let's, let's go to the gym. He was worked out too. We went. We went to the gym, this off, off hold the wall gym, and we went in there. I said, hey, I want to work out. Great. And the guy goes, you can come in, but that black boy ain't going in here. I'm like, what? I almost had to go. I was coming over the counter to whip on this guy's ass. Yeah. But when we filmed this one scene in Best of the Best Three, it was in this rock quarry, and they had all these uh, background people from the local area uh, on top of the rock quarry. We're down below, and we kill, and the part of the movie is we kill this black priest. And it's with Mark Ralston, great actor. So mm -hmm. he's, he's my, uh, I'm the right-hand man. And so, uh, which I play quite a bit, why the right-hand man is. Uh, <laughs> And so uh, we get done killing him, and then he goes, what say you? And I was like, white power, what say you? White power. And I'm like, okay, we're done. And they go, okay, come, we're going to lunch. So we're going to lunch, and here are a couple of background guys going, hey, man, white power, man, I got you. Oh, I'm like, God. I go, no, uh, hey, no, no, hold on, no. Yeah. <laughs> I write the script, check I'm acting, yeah. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, a, I've been, I've been mistaken for police officers. Like, oh, sorry, I need your help. I'm like, no, that's I, I can see that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Any other audience questions out there? I got a small one. When you're, when you're reading the scripts and trying to memorize them, do you have to memorize the scripts word for word? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only um, in television, it's different ones. So television, sitcoms especially, and sitcoms, because I've done soap office too, you have to be word for word. You cannot deviate whatsoever. It, they time that to the second. So that those words, and same thing with theater. Theater is still the yeah. gold. The same do, they, do they have like some sort of teleprompter? They have, they have for the times the scenes. They have a stopwatch. Well, they might do something more fancier now, but they do everything. <laughs> but they do, it's, it's all, it's timed perfectly. Because they all, they all have to shoot so much. They have commercial breaks and all that stuff. It's time. Right. You cannot deviate. And they will check you. In a, you didn't say it like this. You got to say it like that. Whatever it's got to be, it's on. Then uh, episodics still on the because pretty much, but they have a little bit more leeway there when you get to the film. Um, depending on who you are, I guess you know you can have some. But for me, I just want to. I respect the writer, and I just want to say how it is. There's, I know it's kind of weird, but there's just the way I believe. I, I don't say like I. When I see the word "God damn it," I don't say that. So I'll figure some other way to say it. Without that. Well, that's what I mean. Like change it just to slightly. Yeah. So for me, it's like personal things like for that. Sure. Yeah, I don't get to say that. You know, even like when we do the we did uh, uh, Undisputed. I had to go to Green Green Range. Okay. Hey yo, in person. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I said you. That's cool. I said, you're not going to hurt me, are you? <laughs> and we end up cutting that. So you don't need to do that sometimes. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. so you've done so many different types of things. Is there anything that you haven't done yet or any kind of project or skill or something that you haven't done and you really want to try? Oh, I just say haven't done. I would say porn, but haven't want to try. No. <laughs> <laughs> no um, uh, I don't know. I... I've been very fortunate to have and I've done I haven't done a music video, I don't think so. I've been asked to, but I've not done oh. a music video. I've done that. Uh, no, I've done I've done video games. I was just showing uh, one of the guys at my table I did uh, Fight Night, I played this Aryan brother. That dialogue was really good, so yeah. it was really cool. Any Broadway plays? I've done I've done theater. Um, I've done a movie. I, uh, one really cool uh, play called Doing Judy. 
It's about a bunch of Judy Garland impersonators, uh-huh. and there's like, and they, and then they, each one gets on getting killed, killed off, and they're trying to find who their murderers. And I play a drag queen, oh. and I have never done that. And I, and I have to tell you, and you know, I used to be, you know, you playing football back in those, you know, eighties. I'm, I was a bit homophobic, you know, I just was because I didn't know. Um, working with ninety-nine percent of the cast of being gay. I freaking awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. I, I was so just so enlightened by everything, and it, and, uh, and the, the cast was great. The cast, actors are phenomenal, and I played this drag queen, and I loved it. I, I had pumps, I had the hair, I had the the skirt, and I had so many offers for dates after. Was it like freeing? Like woo? It was a little yes, but I, but they also told me I was the biggest and ugliest drag queen they ever saw. <laughs> No, yeah. I don't buy that person. Yeah. No, I, I just see pictures. So that was pretty cool. But yeah. Thank you. That, that was that was fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so like the great thing about drag is that anybody can do it. Doesn't matter what your body type is, what you look like. You just gotta know it and love it and do it. I did. My my <laughs> wife came to it and <laughs> she, yeah, you would not make a good woman. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool. My wife's pretty accomplished. She's a my wife is a uh, ranked uh, CrossFit. Yeah, she's wow. yeah. So she she was an uh, all American softball player, won a national championship ring, and then she turned it into CrossFit. So she she makes me look like you know a couple art compared to her. So you guys can go work out together. No, she, she does something totally different. I just went to the gym. She, her workouts. If you've seen CrossFit workouts, yeah. it's like yeah. it's like torture. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like I just go to the gym. She. <laughs> and, then, and then I have two sons, both playing college football right now, which wow. is great. So one's playing at a junior college in College of the Canyons, and where I used to live in Santa Cruz, California. The other one's a starting quarterback, not starting quarterback, he's a quarterback at Central Michigan. He's a guy who was the Army Ranger. Mm-hmm. So every weekend, I'm going one way, and my wife's going the other way. So uh-huh. this weekend, they're both off so I could do this. Then uh, next weekend, we're both in uh, Los I'm, No, on Friday, I'll be in Central Michigan watching my son play uh, on on Friday, national nationally televised, and then wow. the next day we'll be in California wow. watching my son, and my younger son, play hockey. Oh, that's exciting! Oh, you must be so proud. It's fun. It's fun watching it. Yeah. So it's still nerve wracking, you know, as a parent. Not just why I want to see them be successful, right? So that's what we're right. So, um, do you have a favorite memory on from a set? Any any movie, any show? Favorite memory? There's tremendous things that I've, I've yeah. experienced and worked with. I remember I was doing that uh, that uh, spy mate movie and it was filmed in Hemlock, which is in uh, outside of Vancouver. And Hemlock is where areas where they uh, some of um, uh, First Blood, the Rambo movies were filmed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I had, they taught me to write a solo bill. I wrote a solo bill for two weeks. It was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I. We had time, so I drove the soil on top of top mountaintop, and I could see like not the curvature of the earth, but pretty darn close. And I made a call and talked to my wife on top of this mountain. It was freaking awesome. It was snowing. It was pretty cool. I've been to Jamaica, uh, filming there. I got to work with a chimpanzee. That's scary because they're ten times stronger than you, uh, and you don't mess around with them. And they'll they'll mess with you. They'll they'll like they'll look at you and just put their mouth on your arm, and you think called a pressure bite. And it's like, just look at you go, when are you going to pull your arm, bitch? I'm ready. <laughs> and they'll try to test you. And so you have to, you know, but they're very, uh, 
they're very um, it oriented. They're it's all about eating, sleeping, and uh -huh. <laughs> and it's all about who's ever the biggest is the toughest. Yeah. And so I'm a big dude, so he respected me. Sure. But the female that was in the uh, uh, actress, he was trying to mount her like the whole damn time during the you know the filming. You know, smaller guys, he would try to dominate. So it was pretty crazy. And they have such human-like expressions. And yeah, there's a scene, if you look up uh, Spy Mate on YouTube, there's a couple scenes, there's a couple that's really cool, um, where I get, he throws a coconut on me and drop, hit, hits me and knocks me out, and then I wake up and he's looking at me, and I think he's this hula dancer, and like we're both dancing back and forth. <laughs> so it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And so, um, who are some people who have inspired you the most in your life? Sheesh. Uh, that was crazy to say, uh, Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, at the beginning, when I saw uh, Conan the Barbarian, um, just seeing Schwarzenegger, and then Lou Ferrigno, just because he was always like seemed like the underdog, and I always liked him, and plus, for he was in the, the Hulk, right, the TV show Hulk, and if you remember, and I didn't real, I didn't realize by the time, he would turn in the Hulk twenty after, and and then ten till, in the hour. And so I would be at a college what? party. Actually, it, it's time. That's how it was. It's I, time. I, I, I knew this. So 20 after and 10 till. If you could do time by watch. So when I would be at a part of college party, I would be like at 9, 9, 20, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, excuse me for a minute. I'd find a TV in the house, in the, whatever, the fraternity or the sorority house or whatever. Turn it on and watch when he turned in the hall. And that's what I wanted to be like. I wanted to, I wanted to be that big. Um, so those people, you know, without them knowing it, that was inspirational. I think my my acting coach, a guy named Jeremiah Comey, um, he was a person who's um, just said I had you you had you have talent, you could be successful in this business. Um, that helped a lot, and uh, he just you know uh, those people. And then of course, I think my my wife allowing me to go off and you know chase my dreams. You know, um, yeah, I think I think that's that pretty much it. And speaking of, you know, pursuing dreams, um, what advice do you kind of have for folks in that process to pursue their dreams? Yeah, well, um, well, it's like anything, you have to have passion about it, no matter what, and you have to be focused. Um, like, I'm gonna say this right now, I know it's crazy to say, but you have to say it if you wanna be successful. I'm, I'm gonna win an Oscar as a writer. I'm 64 right now, I know that's on the back end of life. And I got a lot more years behind me than ahead of me, unless I wait, you know, unless I live to 128, which I'm kind of, yeah. kind of jacked. But <laughs> my thing is, is that I, that's what I want to do, and I've been working my butt off to become a really great writer and studying about. I still study every day about becoming how to be a better screenwriter, and so um, passion's the, the biggest thing. And then from there is you have to set a goals, right? It's like when I used to coach football. I coached football in California for a long time, high school and youth football. And I never, and I told people, let's forget about the scoreboard. Let's forget, don't forget about like, you know, the next quarter. Let's, and that's why I remember when I, when I used to play football myself, is just worry about the plays in front of you. Look at the guy in front of you. And like, for me, I played the line. What step, what step do you have to take with your foot? What hand do you have to punch with your hand? And how do you put pressure on there? And how do you move this guy out of the way? That's what you have to think about first, the small things first. Don't think about winning. Don't think about the scoreboard. Don't think about all these other things. Just small things first. Because that'll take care of the big things, right? It's the building blocks. And the same thing, you have a goal. I, I, so 
whatever you want to be an actor great so how, how do we get to be an actor well first you got to go and you got to you got to study the craft right and it's, you're not going to be a famous actor or a successful one right off the bat rarely does that ever happen with anybody totally. all right so you have to go to acting class you're going to suck at the beginning it's okay everybody sucks at the beginning and just and you and you and you feed off that and you start work, working your craft and you you join theater you do you do uh small films you know everything you can do locally and get good at it and then from there um then you say okay what's my next step my next step is i have to get to hollywood i have to get there it's a scary place it can be but you know what someone's got to make it why not me and that's what i said to myself all the time uh, that dude ain't no it ain't kind of bad bad that language, but it ain't no better than me, right? I just maybe he's better looking than whatever he is, but he ain't more talented than me, and I'm gonna show him. And that's that's what I did. And so um, then find a way to get there. Save your money, get to Holly, get uh, get to Hollywood, and and then from there find, like I said, apartment, yeah. job, good car, go to acting class, network your butt off in acting class. That's what I did all the time. I get to go acting class, show them how good you are. And then people go, hey, you're pretty good. Oh, thanks, I appreciate it. And I say, hey, you know, who's your agent? Oh, who's your manager? Oh, you should be open to taking somebody else, whatever. Here's my resume. And then, but how do you build that resume? You go and do uh, student films. You get some tape on yourself. You do all that stuff. Put that stuff together to show people. When you go to audition, casting directors want you to be that person. They don't, they wouldn't waste their time if they didn't want you, right? So have that attitude. You walk in and they go, they want me to be great. So you study your ass off, you get prepared, you go there and freaking knock your socks off. They also have seen how many people, and they're like, another one. Yes. Not To not give your best effort is disrespecting their time. I agree completely. Yeah. And come in there and show them your talent. Everyone's different. Hey, I, listen, there's, I want to audition. There's 20 other dudes, 30 other dudes that look like me, bald-headed, big and muscular, right? So how do I separate myself? It's what it's my, my own personal, you know, personality, what I can bring to the character, that flavor I can do, my voice, whatever I do. That's another thing too, when I first started, uh, when I had the hair, hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I had like a nice friendly voice, I didn't want to intimidate people, and they said, well, you're not a bad guy. So then I learned to walk in as the character. I read for a Christian film, and I played, uh, it, it's called Revelation Road, and I, and I did this one thing, and, and uh, I walked in, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? I, I, this is why I, I, hey, how you doing? My name's Michael Bailey Smith. And that's how I, I walk in and I'll shake hands. Very professional, but I'm going to freaking rip your head off. If you look at me one way sideways, you got it. When I got done with the audition, I went, fuck yeah. It's a Christian <laughs> film. And I walked and, and they hired me because I was the bad guy. Yeah. And I played, you know, I was, I worked for the, the, the you know, the six sixes guys. So it was pretty cool. But that's, but that's what you do is you, you take it seriously as a job, you prepare, you plan. And think they always think, and every day you do something to push your career forward. Every day, small or big, it doesn't matter. Push yourself and always do that. Set up small goals, uh, medium, and then long term. In my end of bed, in my end of life, I want to, and I've said this before, first of all, I want on the slab when I'm laying there, I want the, the dude, the mortuary guy, look at my body and go, damn, he wore that shit out. There's nothing left. And I, I'm almost all there. My shoulders are bad, my knees are bad. I'm wearing that stuff out. And then if you're fortunate to have to, to be able to think back on your life as you breathe your last moments, not have any regrets. That's, I read from this one guy who's a great inspirational, I forget, keep forgetting his name, but he said, where you will find the greatest inventions, 
the greatest, uh, the greatest plays, uh, the, gra the greatest of everything will be at the graveyard because people are afraid to take this, take that next step. I told, I told my older son who was an army ranger in a special operations unit called the 75th Ranger Regiment. I told him, I said, listen, when you get in the military, everybody, most people, 90% of the guys will do enough to get by. And life's like that too. Everybody wants to get the C, right? Maybe a C plus, but mostly just a C. Why? Don't do the C. Be a B. Be a, go shoot for the A. But do the B for sure. But 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 go but go for the A. And how do you do that? You freaking do the extra work. You 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 work hard, and you'll see what will happen. People want you to be great. They want you to be great. And and the military the same way. And so what happened? He he went in. I said, you're gonna, get, you're gonna get opportunities in life. Either people that wanna sit there and watch it happen, or step forward and make it happen. Be the one that steps forward, raise your hand, don't be kissing ass, but step forward and make it happen. So what happens in basic training? Uh, if you don't know, I've been in the military, of course. If you've been in the military, they'll, they'll say, oh, you're, you're, you're not in charge, and they'll fire you like two hours later, or whatever, right? And they put the next person on. They put him in charge, he was there from the day, first day to the day they finished uh, basic training. He was the guy in charge. He graduated top of his class in basic training, top of his class in AIT, he went to ranger school, top of his class, everything he did. And now he's doing something even more, you know, incredible, trying to, you know, play division one football, which he hadn't played in four years. And that's, but that's how you have to approach life like that. I see so many people like complain, well, this isn't happening. Well, excuse me, fuck that shit. <laughs> Just freaking get pissed off and go after it. Say, screw it. Don't deny me. You're not going to deny me. I'll figure out a way. This is how I'm in sales. You tell me no. No, I'm sorry. Do not going to take you. I said, all right. In my head, I'm going, I'll be calling you in about a, about a month or two. Yeah. I'll be calling you. And I do. And guess what? That, that'll that happen. I remember one guy, uh, you know, Texas Instruments, you know who yeah. they are, big silicon yeah. manufacturer. Mm -hmm. They told me once, even if you were, back when I was working for a test laboratory, even if you were, the, you were the last test laboratory in the world, I would not test with you. You suck. You're terrible. Don't call me again. Okay. Gave it about a month. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, listen. I don't know what happened in the past, but that's not the past. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about right now. I said, I want to do whatever it takes to win you as a customer. If I have to freaking send a limo down to go get you, to bring you and show you how good we are, I'll do that. That's what I did. I sent the limo down and got the guy. I, I did I did you have to do whatever it takes sometimes to make it happen. And that's how you do it when you, you have a goal, you're you're being have that passion, man. Do not be denied, period. You have to you know it's called grinding, right? You have to grind. Oh. That was inspirational as fuck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's true though. I mean I, I how many Ubers do I take? I take Uber all around the world. I've been to China a billion a billion times, like probably 40, 50 times. I've been to China. There's a thing called Didi. I have conversations with people who can barely speak English. I got them freaking motivated. I, 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 guys in, in, in uh, the Netherlands, Uber Uber works there. All, I was talking to a guy last last night. Went to dinner with some people. Came back and Uber. This guy's from Congo. He moved his family here. They, dude, that guy's gonna be signing up for some stuff here shortly because I got it motivated. I said, you cannot let this moment we're talking about right now. We'll never get it back. It's gone forever. That clock's ticking. You gotta go. I'm listen. People say, "Oh, you're you know you're 64. You can retire in a couple of years." Screw that. I'm not freaking retiring. I'm riding that baby till the end. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. So. Michael Bailey Smith, motivator. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. We love you. I am. Um,
I'm a renewed fan. Like I liked you before, I love you now. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. But I you know, just being just being, you know, you know, there's I have I have much more to accomplish. I'm I'm very uh, gracious, you know, uh, I'm very appreciative of everything that's, you know, come my way. But it didn't, you know, it didn't happen just, you know, it took time, work, right? Mm -hmm. So Effort, determination, work. Right. Thank and you, if, sir. And if you want to reach out to me, email me at mbs, my initials at my name, so mbs at michaelbellysmith.com. If you want any advice, anything like this, I want to be, you know, it'd be good. So just let me know. So all good stuff. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.